0: Hello and welcome to Hammock Stories, a podcast for people seeking inspiration while on their journey to finding identity, meaning, and community. Every week, your hosts, Tu and Chenny, will be asking an everyday hero to join us in our hammock and share their personal story of how they've arrived at themselves.
1: Welcome to Hammock Stories. So, welcome Cheryl. Um, this is a brand new podcast, and we really just wanted to bring everyday heroes in our lives into our hammock and kind of understand who they are and all the awesome stories that made them who they are and um, to this moment. And um, thank you so much. I'm so excited that you're here.
2: Thank you. I definitely, I feel very flattered that you call me an everyday hero, although I definitely also feel a very strong imposter syndrome instinct in me. So I'm curious about what comes
0: out. Yeah. So uh, the reason why we thought that you are an everyday hero to us is uh, because um, we see that you inspire curiosity in other people. Um, and I know professionally, Cheryl, you uh, you're a systems designer, and you you provoke inspiring um, questions and interesting questions, and 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 ask people to think about things in new ways. Um, but I'm curious, from your perspective, how did you develop that sense of curiosity?
2: Mm. I think, or I know I've always been a very curious person my entire life. I was definitely the kind of, like, annoying young person who was always asking why about everything in the world. And I think I was always defiant about um, not taking for granted everything that was supposed to be normal around me and to say, why can't it be something different? Um, and, I do, and I think it's actually interesting because when I was younger, it was more of an instinct. Uh, my parents would tell me stories about how uh, when I was born in Hong Kong, which is a very traditional and quite kind of hierarchical culture where you were expected to be good, follow the rules, um, and really not question authority that much. I was actually a bit of a delinquent in that kind of environment to the extent that if they would tell me to uh, march down a hallway as part of a dance, I would instead skip around in circles. (laughs) Or if I was supposed to raise my hand and ask for permission to go to the washroom, I would just in the middle of class as like a five-year-old kind of get up, in a slightly scattered way and walk out of the room and the teacher would just kind of be like, what happened? (laughs) (laughs) So I think, I do think the reflexivity around um, why the world around me is supposed to be a certain way and why I'm supposed to kind of unquestioningly follow it came a little later in my life, especially when... um, especially when I think I I felt very, maybe not normal. Um, I think sometimes, especially when I moved to Canada, being someone who was an outsider, everything was new to me. So everything was a source of curiosity. Everything had the capacity for it to be questioned and to be novel and new. Um, So I think that kind of provided an incredible environment to be curious about, but it also felt meant that there wasn't a lot of stability in my life because when you don't have that foundation of normalcy where everything around you is supposed, is kind of safe, um, the only thing you really can do is then find joy in the precarity and find joy in the instability and do that through curiosity. that's
1: beautiful. That's, so it sounds to me... um, In your younger, it sounds like your younger childhood, there's, are there, would you say there's some formative experiences um, that you can share that, that has kind of shaped your curiosity?
2: Yeah, I think, I mean, I always see my move to Canada when I was six as kind of a formative moment where my sense of self developed for the first time. And when I say my sense of self, I almost picture it as this ability to be able to step outside of yourself and be able to witness who you are. And it is, and I think it's, it was part of the age that I was at at that point. And also, again, I think when you're put into a position where you're suddenly an outsider, like when I first came, I wasn't very good at speaking English. I was clearly the person who entered class and was looked different from everyone else, acted differently from everyone else. I think that kind of pushed me to be able to not be fully present with myself, um, which I think also led, again, to a kind of, not feeling fully at home with myself. Like, I think I remember, because so much of my childhood feels very, I guess, pre-Canada, pre-the move, felt very impressionistic. Like, it felt very almost, it felt very true and very, very whole. And the reason why I use those words is because everything that came after my move felt a lot more Yeah, again like sometimes like you're you're watching yourself as though you are a movie. You, you disjointed
1: or disconnected?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I think I was also I kind of I think it's a really really useful defense mechanism sometimes when you feel the pain and terror of not feeling like same as everyone else or feeling fully included, that then you choose to step outside of yourself so that you don't get to, you don't have to face or confront or fully own those negative emotions fully. So I think, and it's funny because I say it in a negative way, but I I do think at the same time, it's part of my power. Um, I think in, in terms of the way it's formed, how I am in the world now is that I think everyone to an extent feels a bit like an outsider to themselves and feels not fully sometimes like they're in a familiar space and that's actually that's like an
1: okay thing um yeah it sounds like this theme of belonging and kind of this outsider insider I know we watched a film a month ago about this like racism and feeling belonging I'm curious Mm -hmm. from that childhood of of moving to Canada and then being an outsider how have you brought that kind of to to actually I'm really curious of how you brought that to maybe Mm -hmm. art or some ways that you've expressed it
2: yeah I mean art has always been so critically life-saving to me in a way. Um, Whether it's through drawing and painting, which was something I did all the time when I was younger, and through reading, actually, more than anything else, because I, I consumed fiction like I was desperate for it. Like I was always, always reading because I really wanted to be able to experience and step into all of these different worlds that I didn't, I would otherwise not have access to. So I think art feels very liberating for me because even if I couldn't control or feel totally at home within my present circumstances, it felt like if I could walk into these other worlds and be exposed to these other different perspectives from other artists, from other creators, then that was a way that I can learn about myself, um, and that's what led to also my ability, like me kind of, I have a I have a difficult relationship with my identity as an artist still, um, and I think it's because even though I went to art school and I I ran an art collective for a long time and created work that I'm that I feel really proud of and feel really privileged to have had the opportunity to create with two of my best friends who are also two of my most important collaborators. Sometimes it felt like there was a lack of authenticity to it. And that's that's myself and that's like my own baggage and that's my, my kind of the manifestation of some kind of some insecurity around if art is a vehicle for you, for any kind of creator, for me to be able to channel my truth, and I didn't know yet what my truth was, then what kind of art was I creating? Mm-hmm. It's, I
1: mean, there's so much to unpack here. I think one, curio- my own curiosity is like, as a child with art, um, what, what was going on? How, how were you drawn to art? Um, and as expressing your truth at that time?
2: I mean, for me, like every time I had something that could make a mark, so a pen or a paint or anything, and anything that could be a canvas... It was, a way, it was kind of an unfiltered way for me to be able to take whatever was kind of unprocessed and ambiguous and weird and fascinating and curious and scary and strange. Like, I think all of those things that I had inside of me suddenly had an outlet because words weren't at a point... Like, I, I don't think I had kind of other channels to be able to express that. And I think there was especially when I was younger, purity with which expression was a way to be able to unleash myself. Um, And I do miss that because what I was mentioning earlier about the fact that when I was almost formalizing my art practice later on as an adult, some of that kind of feeling of lack of authenticity came from the fact that I, I had experienced art as this very, again, like true expression of self at one point in my life and at some point for some reason it became something different so being able to recover that is very important to me like what is how can I be that child again as an adult and have art be a way of knowing myself Mm
1: -hmm. that curiosity is amazing um like how do you have, have that same innocence as a child um, through art Jenny?
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean this whole conversation reminds me of a, um, of a quote that I heard last night and I actually wrote it down and um, it was fitting in is the opposite of the longing so I guess what I'm curious about is um, do you feel like you belong now?
2: Hmm. Yeah, I love that question because I feel like I, I'm at a place where I can say yes. Yay. And I really, really love that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's incredible.
2: <laughs> and I love that I'm just like cradled as, <laughs>
1: as I get to
0: say that. So for our listeners who can't see right now, Cheryl <laughs> is got got both sides of the hammock around her. And she has a very softened gaze.
2: I'm cozy (laughs) AF. Cozy
0: AF. Cozy
2: AF is the (laughs) (laughs) feel.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit bit more about that? Like the story of how you found your belonging?
2: I mean, so much of feeling, like where I'm at now took so much of letting go first. Mm. And I do think... Sometimes that's, that's like, it feels like the opposite of where you're, I guess it feels like the opposite of the direction you're supposed to be going in when you're trying to feel like you belong. Because I feel like you try, your first instinct, which is my first instinct, was to kind of gather all the things, all the useful signifiers for who I was. So I was like, okay, sure. I'll like, who am I? I'm an artist. I'm a designer. I'm like this person's partner. I'm this person's friend i like these books i like this music like i think some of that i fe- it felt like i was clinging out of a desperation to say if i don't know who i am then maybe i can find a sense of belonging in in these i in these concepts or identifiers or things that i can associate myself with and i think a very critical part Of really from in my journey kind of getting to a place of belonging was I had to I mean there's there's a lot of milestones along the way but I do think at one point I was I had this really really kind of almost destabilizing experience um I don't I don't even know why I'm trying. I'm saying it's it was almost destabilizing. It was a destabilizing experience. Um, when I was on a retreat once, and it was it was very, very frightening and I think vulnerable for me because I had sudden access to a kind of core um, emotion that I'd never touched before. Like something had erupted out of me and I didn't understand what it was. And it was very scary because what it, my response to it was to almost like sob uncontrollably and hyperventilate and feel like I, n- I couldn't breathe and to basically fall apart in front of people that, that I think I, I felt like vaguely safe with, but at the same time, I didn't know that well. And I think some of that was, feeling like i had fallen like when i picture that moment it was like i had fallen into this void mm-hmm. of not being able to connect with my mind anymore which is which is what i hold like for much of my life as who i am like mm-hmm. my intellect my mind my ability to like rationalize my situation around me and suddenly i was thrown into this void of pure unadulterated painful emotion and it was nothing that I could process in that moment. It was nothing there was nothing I could do mentally to distance myself from it. All I could do was feel it and have my body physically Im- like embody it. Um, and it was very scary to me because it, it felt so different from who I was and what I, personally identify as which is a very calm usually composed (laughs) person I was like whoa what is happening and that kind of breaking point was interesting because the in a way the trigger itself doesn't even matter that much like I think I think there was a deep well that had been building up for a very very long time that I was unwilling to look at and then something touched it and it was like it, it felt like an a like a volcanic eruption, like something poked through, and everything that was sitting below the surface came out. And I think when it happened, it was it was like everything fell apart.
1: Um, wow, that's yeah, it's really beautiful. <laughs> like I mean, when you're talking, I I remember going to Cambodia, and then all the statues there have all their heads cut off. <laughs> like all the Buddhist statues, and uh, as you were talking it felt like it's like yeah it's one of those where it used to have a head and you had to kind of cut off the head to like remember the rest of the body
2: mm-hmm. so, I really yeah I really love that like it did kind of that's actually a really really lovely mir- image to kind of mirror especially in that moment what it was like like this this severing of the mind from the body, but also as a way to know my body because I was so mm. good at choosing not to know my body.
1: Wait, so for context, when was this experience or what age?
2: This was, um, this was actually not too long ago. This uh-huh. was about, this was about two and a half years ago.
3: Okay.
2: It was in, um, it was in Mexico. But, yeah, like I think, I think what was interesting for me there too was that a lot of this, I'd intellectually engaged with a lot of these ideas of how do I come to myself, how do I, how do I kind of become who I am or understand what my truths are. But so much of that, even though even even though I intellectually understood that you had to access it through usually different capacities that aren't rational or intellectual, like that was almost the only muscle that I had developed and knew how to use in going forward. So I think at some point my body kind of caught up and was like, and my heart caught up and my spirit caught up and was like, <laughs> Hey, you can't, you can't just like leap forward and not do it as your whole self. So it did feel like it was like almost all of these other parts of myself that I'd left behind in the seeking for more. Mm. that leaped forward and said, like, hey, us, like, you have to bring us along. And if you, even if you don't want to, because we're going <laughs> to we're going to fucking show up. <laughs> we're good. We're all along.
0: Yeah. You, so, you mentioned earlier that that you um, you let go of some stuff. Can can you give an example of something that you had to let go of? Or that you were holding on to
1: before?
2: Hmm. I think I I have a tendency to speak in the abstract because I think because I, I think that's usually a lot of the source material for me. I think for me a lot of the letting go is of this feeling, is is of this feeling of needing to know. And needing to understand and needing to, I think this like feeling of needing to own knowledge. Um, Because as I mentioned earlier, I think sometimes when I read and when I learn, there is this feeling like I always want to accumulate. And there's this feeling like I need to be able to grow everything that I can possibly understand of the world. So it means that I start, I start holding very close to my chest, this feeling like I know these facts and I know these experiences and I, and this is like the space from which I can know myself. And I think that attachment to knowing, um, almost paradoxically, stopped me from knowing unknowing.
1: (laughs) So it sounds like (laughs) curiosity, Um, what you mentioned before is the opposite of the attachment to knowing.
2: Yeah, or or maybe a, a very kind of true sense of curiosity, because I think I still kind of associated my curiosity with that seeking of knowledge. I, yeah, it's hard to like, I, I think it's almost like I let I like the things that I know now I can let pass through my fingers like water. I don't need to cup them to hold on to it, to feel like I have to keep it. Like I, I think there's like an element to which it's like whatever knowledge I hold, I can let go because it's already all around me. And as long as I can let that go, in fact, that not knowing is my ability to access the universe. Wow.
1: <laughs> That's wise. <laughs> you know that question of everyday heroes? <laughs>
0: <laughs> so we're almost at time, but before we wrap up, um, I guess what I'm curious about is, so for those of us who are Perhaps on our journey to finding belonging, or on our path to 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 opening up our our curious curiosity muscles, um, what advice would you give them?
2: Hmm. I you. I mean, it always comes back to. You have to belong with yourself before you can belong with anyone else.
1: Wow! <laughs> and I, from the abstract to the practical, it sounds like you've done this um, to some extent. So Like, what, what maybe practical advice would you give to be able to start? After two, two and a half years ago was. Yeah, because I
2: feel like not everyone needs to go through some, like, scary
1: (laughs) (laughs) emotional break,
2: ideally. Like, I think, yeah, you don't have to, like, almost, like, self-inflict trauma to do this, ideally.
1: Well, that's for someone else, but for your life experience.
2: (laughs) I mean, it's hard because everyone's journey is going to be so different that to universalize a kind of specific piece of advice feels difficult to me, which is like, again, why I always go back to the abstract because I'm like, can I just tell someone that where they're at, they should be like, okay, I can, I can say for me, things that have been helping is, um, journaling. Mm -hmm. Journaling has been something that I've always wanted to do. And I have like boxes of journals where I write in the first two pages and then abandon it to show how many times I've started (laughs) trying and failed. Um, but for some, like, actually over the past year or, like, yeah, around the kind of of the similar timeline, I think being able to just, like, write for the sake of giving my, yeah, like, um, like, giving my soul an outlet to explore itself has been this really important way of knowing myself. And meditation, meditation, I actually kind of did for the first time with Jenny and Megan. (laughs) And I was like really afraid of it for the first time because it forces you to be alone with yourself in a really real way. And the first few times you do it, you never know if you're doing it right or what you're supposed to be noticing. And I think like, and then you realize that all of that kind of, all that shit that surfaces when you, especially in the fr- the beginning, is usually the stuff that you're, like, that you're supposed to look at. Um, so I think, like, meditation has actually been a really, really, like, just, like, fundamentally um, grounding thing for me to do.
1: Yeah. I mean, I can relate to both of those. I have, like, maybe... Hundreds of notebooks that have like <laughs> two pages in them, and you have been at my place to meditate as well. Um, it's it's I guess like a reframe from your question is like what advice would you tell your younger self? Um, now knowing where you are now.
2: Yeah, I mean it's, I like. Just stop being so desperate to be someone else or stop being so almost attached to the idea that you always need to be improving yourself or to be this other future version of yourself because it means that when you're always looking at this future version, future better Cheryl, you're never taking... That space to love the present Cheryl. And the present Cheryl needs and deserves a lot of attention and love. So I, I think, yeah, it's like,
1: wow. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> So now, I mean, in your life right now, what are you you up to and what might you want um, others to know um, about you?
2: I mean, so much of my, like, it's funny, even the separation between, say, work life and personal life has completely dissolved for me. Like, I think the way that I am in the world and what I want to do with my time when I'm in the world is about kind of trusting in that moment, what feels meaningful for me, whether that's working on like a system, a systemic change healthcare project or sitting in a park with friends on a Wednesday at two when I know I'm supposed to be working, but I know what I currently instead want to be doing is to sit in a park with friends. And that's okay. I think I think for me, there's always this, like, we work so much with binaries of what is, like, when is work time? When is personal time? What is, like, right? What is wrong? When it when are you on? When are you off? Like, I think what feels very almost, like, abundant about this feeling of belonging to yourself is that you don't have to draw those lines on the ground anymore because you can trust that in whatever present moment you have, you're making the right choice for yourself.
1: Wow! Thank you for sharing. Yay! <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and so much of, like, it's really fascinating because I feel like so much of what I've articulated is the first time I've like said it. It's it's been very How generative. It feel? <laughs> How you? Well, when you ask like whether I feel like I belong, like. The fact that I said yes was like a, su- it was like a surprise to myself.
0: Oh I love yes. that. <laughs>
2: it's like, whoa, I do feel like I belong. That's Wow! Incredible.
0: <laughs> havocs people. Havocs. <laughs> the secret is havocs. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks so much for taking the time to hang out with us today.
2: Yeah, thanks for inviting me.
0: Yeah. yeah.
2: I also feel less like an imposter now. That's amazing.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Cheryl. I
2: really, Thank you really too. Appreciate it. Thank you, Channy. Yeah, you're wonderful listeners. <laughs> <laughs> you <did it.
3: laughs> All right. Wow! Thank you so much, Cheryl, for joining us on our hammock, and sharing your story. Um, This is our very first episode, and we were so moved by all that unfolded right here in front of our eyes in your journey, Shiro, and your journey of belonging. And I can't wait to see what unfolds. You're definitely an, an incredible hero in our life, and we love that we get to share this with everyone. And I know that all the inner wisdom that you have will no doubt serve you, and we're sure you'll be back in our hammock soon. And to our early listeners, thank you so much for giving us their chance and your time. I know there's so much to do and so much you can do with your time and so many other podcasts to listen to. So the fact that you've tuned into ours makes us really grateful. So yeah, if you would like to support us, you can do it in one of three ways go on hammockstories.com and send us your feedback. And if you think of anybody you would like to recommend as an everyday hero to be interviewed, please get in touch. You can also forward this podcast to someone that you know. And you can subscribe to our podcast. There's several episodes coming out soon. And we're sure, just like Cheryl... We have so many amazing, incredible heroes in our lives that we would like to share with you. And lastly, if you have a hammock or you remember that last time you were on a hammock, we're hoping that this podcast reminds you of the space that that you're held in um, every day. You can just be... And kind of the hammock, in, in our opinion, is a place that you can be held and just be. So until next time, enjoy the
1: hammock.